0: Bright spots. Bright spots. This is the last day we'll talk about bright spots, and this is uh, the, the last sermon in the series. And, and what birthed this series was the idea that life gets so incredibly crazy at times, that we find it hard to find bright spots. We forget how blessed we are. We forget the good things that God has done for us. We forget. And, and, and we get so tied up in the realm of everyday life that it becomes our reality. It becomes our reality, and as it becomes our reality, that's what we focus on. And as we focus on that more and more day after day, we forget the bright spots. Because I don't know about you, but there are a lot of places in my everyday life where I'm tempted to say, meh, Okay so, okay, so none of you do that. But, yeah. Me and Raina call it the weed eater syndrome. Like, and we don't allow it at our house. Unless I'm doing it. I'm just kidding. I get called out on that all the time. Believe me. But but this whole idea of, of finding bright spots in our life and, and, and not necessarily focusing so much on the challenges that we're incurring in our everyday life with our kids, with our finance, with our family, with our worries, with our struggles. Yes, we have to deal with those things. We talked about that last week. But at the same time, we have to keep our head above water as Christ followers, knowing God loved us so much He sent His only Son to die for us. And there is, there's a bright spot there. So the passage that we used for this series was Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So this is where this whole series was birthed out of. You may be here today and you, you would say, Jason, I don't think God even knows where I'm at today. I don't think God really understands where I'm at today. Can I tell you He does? Because He's God. And before He formed you in your mother's womb, He knew you. He set you apart. And so, now He's coming back to Jeremiah saying, Hey look, no matter what you're going through right now, I want you to know, here's a bright spot. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You remember last week, we talked a little bit about God's book for us? And the Bible says that these things... We're not hidden from God, your frame was not hidden, and they were written. your life was written down in this book. You have your own novel. Even if you're going through things today and you don't understand them, God knew you were going to be going through those today, and God knew that you were going to be sitting in this seat today, and God would say to you, "Hey, have a bright spot. Get your head up. Are you Florida fans?? Get your head up. Yeah, I know a couple buddies that had like fire the coach bumper stickers. They're gone. (laughs) I said that in the first service and Mike Williams go, no, they're not. (laughs) I'm not getting into that. Okay, I I see you over there, John. I see you. I, I understand. But, but the whole idea of finding a bright spot, and this is a bright spot. So you're here today and you're hurting or you're going through some things. Just know that, that God has plans for you and there are plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Young people in this room right now, teenagers, maybe about to go off to college, maybe graduating this year. Uh, let me just tell you this. The world does not plan your future unless you allow it. God has already planned your future. Why don't you tune into it? Philippians, Philippians, we look at bright spots, is that, is that going to go to Philippians? Nice, number one is what I was getting at, yeah, sorry, I drive her nuts, you are so sweet and nice, actually I was trying to go to the passage of Philippians before point number one, no, 3, 12 through 14, you're not buying me lunch, are you? know <laughs> no. Philippians three, twelve through fourteen. Here we go. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have taken already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me, brothers. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do: forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day. I pray that You would completely move me out of the way and say what You want to say to each heart that's here today. Lord, minister in every way and help us to be encouraged. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Number one, quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. Philippians 3.12 Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Quitting is not an option. We say this around here a lot. If you don't quit... So if you're new here, if you don't quit, you can't lose. If you don't quit... You can't lose. Quitting's not an option. Quitting on your marriage is not an option. Quitting on your kids is not an option. Quitting on your finance is not an option. Even though some some of us in here right now would say, "Yeah, I think I'd like to quit." No, quitting, quitting on life is not an option. Quitting on your walk with the Lord is definitely not an option. See, quitting is not... Because if you don't quit, you can't lose. Paul is telling the church at Philippi right here, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Wow. I press on. Here's a great question. How many of you this last week felt like you had to press on? Yeah. The rest of you are lying. Non-participants is what we call you. <laughs> Unless you're just floating around on a cloud somewhere. Yeah, we all, they're, they're, every, every day of our life, there are certain circumstances and situations that come up in our life and we feel like, you know what? I, I'm going to have to press through this. I'm going to have to press. I'm going to have to press on. I'm going to have to keep going. I'm going to have to... And your flesh says, I don't want to do this. And your mind says, it would be easier to quit. And your kids are driving you crazy. You don't like your husband. (laughs) Don't poke your husband right now. Right? And life is just saying, hey, just quit. Just quit. Just quit. Just quit. Just quit. Just quit. Because that's, that's the American way in some ways. Not, I shouldn't say American way. That, that is what our culture teaches us. If your coach says something bad to you, oh, Johnny, just quit. Just quit the team. It'll be okay. No, no we can't quit. We can't quit on God. We've we got to keep pressing on. When I was in high school, I played every sport that you could play. And, and not that I'm a great athlete, I did it because you got out of class. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I played tennis. <laughs> Man, that's not that funny. <laughs> me and me and my friend, me and my friend figured out, and and I, I don't even I don't know. I don't think we had a tennis team up until then. This new coach came to town. He coached a bunch of other things, and and so we played tennis. And so we devised this plan that we were going to sign up for tennis. Thus, they had to give a tennis team. And we lived in a pretty wretched part of Memphis, and so the, where I grew up, there weren't tennis courts, right? <laughs> you just didn't see guys out there. <laughs> didn't happen. I mean, it didn't go down like that. But, so we show up, you know, the first day of tennis, I got cut off jeans on, you know. and, and so, But anyway, we, we actually did really good that year. Um, we did really good. But anyway, the, the point of the story is, I played a lot of sports, and one of the things I did was run track and cross country, and I ran the mile in track. And so... I never will forget this this moment as long as I live. My friend's name was Cliff Wilson, and we were best buds, and we did everything together. A bunch of stuff we probably shouldn't have done, but we did like everything together in high school. And um, so we we ran track together, and we both ran the mile. And we went from where we lived to this uh, track meet at this school that had a. phenomenal football field, track field. Some of you don't even get this. Some of you might get it. Like, it's really nice. So just pulling up in the parking lot, you're already intimidated, right? Because, like, our track coach would say, you see that tree down there? (laughs) Go around that one, come back to me, touch me eight times, and you're done. (laughs) So this place is called Memphis Prep, if that tells you anything. So we pull up, these kids got these short shorts on, these cleats on, and I got some tennis shoes that I think my brother gave me. I'm not sure where I got them. And immediately, I was completely psyched out, right? And so, gun goes off, poof, take off. In case you've never ran the mile and tried four times around the tracks a mile. And so about two and a half in, start feeling really winded, doing really good. About three in, start getting really sick. And about a half a mile left, I quit. I just laid down, peaked a couple times, and sat there. And everybody finished... And I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in myself than I, well, I have been since then, at that point in my life. I've um, been disappointed in myself. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw somebody running from the finish line across the grass, the football field, towards me. And it was my friend. And he would finished the race. And he came over and he goes, Dude, let me help you up. And he helped me up. He said, Can you run? I said, Yeah, probably. I just gave up. And he, he looked at me and goes, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cross that finish line. You are going to finish this race. Quitting is not an option. Finishing the race is a bright spot. You're going to finish this race. So I'm like, and then he said, because if you don't, all of those, I'm not going to tell you what he said, <laughs> boys, is what he said. all those boys over there are going to they are forever going to be able to hold that over your head. So I took off trotting, finished the last half lap, crossed the finish line. People were laughing at me or whatever. But it taught me this lesson that that was a bright spot for me that day. I didn't necessarily get a lot of glory out of that day because I threw up three times. (laughs) But I finished the race. And finishing the race is a bright spot. The enemy of finishing the race is quitting. Do you hear that? Take it. Tommy Barnett, one of my lifelong heroes, pastors Phoenix First Assembly in in Phoenix, Arizona, and he says at an early age in ministry, he cut quitting out of his dictionary. He cut it out. Now, this is before Google. I don't think you can cut it out of, like, Google. (laughs) He cut it out. It's not even a word. It's not a word. Get it out of your mind. It's not an option. Quitting's not an option. I've told you this before. Billy Graham... And Miss Graham were being uh, interviewed by Barbara Walters, and she said, "Have you ever?" And she's asking Miss Graham, "Have you ever considered divorce?" And she said, "Absolutely not." It was really quiet, and she goes, "Murder, absolutely." Not. <laughs> true story. You can Google that one because it's on there. So h- here's the here's the idea. If we can get quitting out of our vocabulary, then we can keep going forward. So if you're here today and you're going through some rough stuff, just know God's with you. Let's keep going. Number two. You don't have to be perfect to finish the race. Philippians 3, the first part of verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Now who's writing this to the church at Philippi? Who's this? Paul. Paul. Paul's writing this. Now, if anyone on planet Earth at this time could have even thought pretty good about themselves and thought, you know what, maybe I've kind of figured this thing out, it had to be Paul, right? This is a guy who wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament. This is a guy, what he's saying is, look, I, I haven't even figured this out. I don't even, really, I haven't figured this out yet. I haven't taken hold of it. What's he talking about? Hasn't taken hold of it. Philippians 3, 7-10 says this, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ... The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sharing in His sufferings becoming like Him in His death. Verse 9 right there says, And be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own. You do not have to be perfect to finish the race. There was never one perfect except Jesus Christ. Life is hard. We mess up. But if we don't quit, our mess ups do not define our life. They make our life rich if we stick together with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we walk this thing out together, and, and we, we're not going to quit, we're going to keep going, and we're going we're to see Jesus one day. He said, It's not a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. He's talking to these people who are bound up. If I can be good enough, if I can be perfect enough, if I can do this, 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 and this, then God's going to love me. God loves you if you don't do that, 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 and that. God loves you on your worst day. God loves the addict under the bridge right now. God loves the man on death row in prison. God loves the preacher who's preaching the new good news, and God loves the sinner that is the preacher preaching the good news, and the person listening to the good news of the gospel. God's love is perfect, it's agape love, and it's unconditional love. You don't have to be perfect to finish the race. Do you have to make some good decision? Yes. And that good decision is, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And I'm going to finish this race. So you don't have to be perfect to finish the race. Kim, go back to the point. And you look at this. Paul is saying... Now this is Paul. Paul, is he's been around at this point. And he's saying, "I, I, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And the reason he can say this is he's saying, I've discounted everything I used to know. I was reading a book one time, and it was for a college class I was in. Actually, it was a poem. And in this poem, there was a poem called The Tally Stick. The Tally Stick. Tally is in make, like keeping score. And so, this young man and young woman are getting married. And his grandpa travels at great lengths to get to the wedding. Grandson didn't even know he was coming. Walks in and said, so I've, "I've, I've got something I want to give you. It's your wedding gift." And you know the kids thinking, "Money?" Because that's all kids want, right? Money. That's, yeah. Any any gift with these. If you give a card these days to someone under thirty and it doesn't have money in it, they don't even read it. That's not true. Yeah, that's not true. I'm just. It's a pretty broad statement. I'm sorry right (laughs) now. Anyway. um, And so, son gets all excited about this wedding gift and grandpa brings out a stick. It's a hiking stick. It's a stick. And with the stick is a note. Gives the stick over. And on the note it says a few things about his grandma and his grandpa, but it basically says... Every time you have problems in your relationships or life, I want you to mark the stick. But you only get to mark the stick if when you mark that stick, you pray about the situation that you're going through. So two, three years in the marriage, anybody ever been married, you know how this goes. You know, you hit a rough spot at what, five years, and they say another... Of course, we've never had a rough spot, right? Yeah, right. She's like, you're such a liar. <laughs> I mean, I, the world calls them arguments. In the church, as Christians, we call them intense discussions. We call them fights at my house. Not physical, no throwing things. Um, anyway, so anyway, so so they're like, they're like, I got a stick. Like, I really have a stick." So they they put the stick away in the closet. Two, three years of marriage goes by. And they hit a rough spot, and and she's like, she's going through the closet, and she finds the stick but to the stick is still attached to the note and she's like oh I remember this and so she reads the note whenever you're going through a rough time with your spouse and our life make a mark and she's ticked so she finds something and she makes a big mark first mark ever on the stick but then she finishes reading the note but if you make a mark you have to read or you have to pray for whatever situation you're going through so she bows her head, God, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him, but I love him. And I just want you to know, God, I hope you work this situation out. So years go by, and they stay married. They're, they stay you know, in love. They don't like each other all the time, but they're still in love. And 60th anniversary comes around. 60 years. And he repeats the words of his grandfather. says, i got a great gift for you. I got a great gift for you. I'm going to take you out to eat tonight. She says, Honey, you can't even drive anymore. <laughs> well, we're going out to eat. So he builds this gift up and builds this gift up and builds this gift up. Comes time for dinner, he had some H D, bring over the stick. And it's got more marks on it than you can count. Marked up everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, this thing looks like just mark here. He lays it on the table in front of her and he looks at her and says, I'm so glad God didn't give me a perfect wife. I'm so glad He didn't give you a perfect husband. And they sat there and cried together. Because there are all the trials that they had been through that they prayed about. And towards the finishing the race, because finishing the race is a bright spot, towards the end of that, they sat down and looked at each other across the table and said, You know what? So glad we didn't quit. Tally stick. Yeah, life will mark you up, man. Life will scar you. Life will get you. Life will take you down. Like, you you know, some days you feel like you've been marked up everywhere. Pray about it. Quitting's not an option. You don't have to be perfect to finish the race, you just have to keep going. That's in your business. That's in your finance. That's in your marriage. That's with your kids. That's with family. Don't check out. Keep going. Because you don't have to be perfect to finish the race. And that's what Paul's saying. Number three. Finishing the race takes work. Philippians 3, the second part of verse 13. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. So Paul just said in the first part of that verse, I, I don't have this thing figured out yet. I don't consider myself to have taken hold of this. I don't really understand it all. And so if Paul didn't understand it at this point, there's no way we can fully understand it. But he says this, But one thing I do... It's interesting he says one thing. Because he says, But one thing I do... And then he s- states two things. Right? But one thing I do... Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. And this is why He said the one thing that I do. Because you can't forget what's behind without straining ahead. And you can't strain ahead without forgetting what's behind. Because you become Stretch Armstrong. Anybody old enough to remember Stretch Armstrong? Joe, raise your hand. Just once for me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Stretch Armstrong, remember you, you spread for all of you guys that are younger? Stretch Armstrong was the most amazing Christmas present a seven-year-old could get. And like around June, you start cutting it open to see what's inside of it, right? <laughs> Slicing that thing open. Yeah. See, because if, if you try to hold on to yesterday... And strained towards tomorrow, that's what you become. You become stretched on... You, you get stretched every... This is Paul who persecuted the church, who held the coats of those that Stone Stephen, he was the, one of the most feared religious people before Jesus met him uh, on the road. He was, he was throwing Christians in prison. He was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And Paul, he says, I don't have it figured out yet, but this is what I do have figured out. I have to forget yesterday to take hold of tomorrow. i got to let go of my failures from yesterday to reach in to what's ahead and what God has for me. I've got to let go of the bitterness. I've got to let go of the anger. I've got to let go of the mistakes. I have to let go of all of that if I want to take hold of what God has for me in the future. You can't live in the past and the future at the same time. Yesterday is yesterday. Here's the great thing about finishing the race. You're here today. You've been going through a rough time. And you say, Jason, you don't know me. I may not know you, but I know this. God's grace is sufficient. Yesterday is yesterday. It is, we said this before, it's history. It's his story. He wrote it in that book. Turn around. Your race starts today. Get that fire back. Your race starts today. Today, your race starts. Oh, no, I'm tired. I've been running this race for a long time. Nope. Today's a new day. Today starts your race. Stra- I love that word, straining. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards. Paul is trying to teach us right here that no matter how many mistakes we've made in our life, today's a new day and I'm going to strain. I, I am going to strain. Because finishing the race takes work. That word strain right there is not a pleasant word. It, it, don't raise your hand on this because the people who, don't, who would raise their hands on this don't raise their hand on other things. So don't raise your hand. But some of you worked out this week. Some of you worked out Shh. Put your hand down. <laughs> some of you worked out this week, and there's different levels of working out. See, because some of us would to walk to the beach with a cup of coffee. Do you exercise this morning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I walked like a, I, I, I traversed a mile. <laughs> Traverse, yeah. And then there's that level where you're kind of into it. And then there's that level where it's just mad dog into it. Like, I'm, I'm going to go after this with every... every, And that's a strain. That's a strain. Life is a strain. It takes work to finish the race. There's, there is no... Outside the Bible, and it's not a self-help book, it's the truth. There, there's no self-help book you can read that's going to just automatically flutter some kind of wonderful dust on you and then just float you through life I mean I, I wish there was no TV show you can watch no, no talk person it, it takes work to finish the race and you might be here today and you say you know what Jason I don't, I'm tired I'm tired I don't, I don't feel like that I can work towards that two things And Paul says they're one. Forget yesterday and look forward to tomorrow. Forget yesterday and look forward to tomorrow. Because the most amazing gift that you could give anybody that loves you, anybody that knows you, is a life well lived starting today, finishing the race. In my line of work, I've been around many, 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 too many that I care to recognize in numbers, people who are dying. And the most wonderful thing is, is when a family stands around a loved one who has finished the race. My grandma passed away. She had, just in the room, 13 grandchildren and 7 kids and the rest of us were spread out the rest of them were spread around the world and the nurse said it's, it's time and she she stayed married to my grandpa he died years before he was a, a farmer and she fried everything but he died happy <laughs> seriously I mean, she fried everything I love going to see her and we all gathered hands around her, her bed, her deathbed, and sang Amazing Grace. And in that moment, she passed from this life to a life of eternity. She finished the race. And, 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 and we're taught these days, just quit. Like, don't... I'm telling you, at that moment, and remember it starts today, at that moment, where you know you're about to meet your Creator, it's not going to really matter about how bad you felt about the situation, how wrong you were done, how much better she looked than your wife, how much better he treated you than your husband. It's not going to matter about how much money you had. It's not gonna, what's going to matter is, did I stay the course, steady as she goes, and did I finish the race? Did I do it? And it takes work. It does. And it ain't fun, but I'm telling you, the end result... Is a bright spot. It is amazing. Last thing, if you're serving communion, would you go now? Didn't do it quick. Do it quick. Thank you. Last thing, and if you're serving communion, listen to the last point on the internet tomorrow. Because it's really good. Because it's the Bible. To finish the race, the goal has to be the prize, and the prize has to be the goal. I said, that's going to confuse some of you, right? So to finish the race, the goal has to be the prize, and the prize has to be the goal. Philippians 3:14. I press on toward the goal to, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Watch this. So I press on towards the goal. What's the goal? The goal is to finish the race. That's my goal. The goal is to walk this life out that God has given me in a way that He would be pleased with. Not perfect. You going to mess up? Yes, we all mess up. But the goal is, is to stick as close to this book as I can so that I'm walking in God's grace and He's helping me along in this journey. Paul's using this athletic analogy saying, look, I'm going to press on towards the goal to win the prize. The goal is to live my life the best I can. The prize is to meet Jesus face to face and Him say, Hey, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the things that I have prepared for you. He doesn't say, Well done, thou good and rich servant. He doesn't say, Well done, thou good and really perfect servant. He doesn't say, Well done, that good and really successful servant. All those things are great. He says, Well done, My good and faithful. See, because here's what a goal will do. A goal will keep you faithful. If you're trying to do a triathlete or you're trying to run, like Paul's using athletic analogies, and you have a goal and you have a date set that you know that you're going to have to do this, and if you don't do it, it's going to make you look like an idiot. It gets you out of bed. It pushes you towards a place and you know I've got that goal. And so I'm going to reach that goal. I'm going to finish the race. and the pri- I may not get a prize, the first prize, but the prize that I'm going to get for doing that is knowing that I kept the goal in focus and I finished the race. Paul is saying this in our everyday life. Listen, keep the goal in focus. Chase after that goal to win the prize. The prize is meeting Jesus. Now, if you don't believe this book in its entirety, then this is this is not for you. It is for you. But you may, you may just say, well, do you really think we're going to meet... Is there really a place like heaven? Do you really think we go somewhere after we die? Absolutely. And why is that? Because I've staked my life on this book. And it, it says, Jesus told told us I'm going away to prepare a place for you in my father's house there are many rooms and I'm going to go prepare one for you but I wouldn't go do all this spackling and painting and sheetrocking, spiritually if I wasn't going to come back for you he said I'm going to come back for you. I'm coming back for you eternity is a reality whether or not you want to realize that or not if you want to acknowledge that eternity is a reality and that's what Paul is saying he's saying look he's using an athletic analogy but he's saying the whole reason I can keep my eyes on the gold is because the prize that's before me and that prize is pulling me heavenward in Christ Jesus that's pretty heavy stuff isn't it or is it pretty light because for me it takes a burden off because I'm definitely not perfect definitely mess up. Paul is Paul is so cool. He's identifying with all of us right now. I don't have it figured out. I'm not going to quit, but I sure am not perfect. But I have my eyes on the prize. Straining towards that goal. So there's two groups of us here today. Maybe there's some of us here today and we've accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior. And we've acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah and we're at peace with God. But we are so, so, so thinking about quitting right now. Just giving up. Just saying, you know what? I'm throwing the towel in. I'm done. I'm done, done, done. Done, done, done. I'm finished. I'm well done. Don't quit. Would you just hear that today? Don't quit. Please don't quit. Because life looks a lot better at the end of life if you don't quit. Your race starts today. Put some things in place. Quiet time with God. Put some things in place. Put some good people around you. Stop t- spending all your time with those people that are telling you to give up and move on. Get some good people around you. And move forward. Don't give up, man. Don't. Too many people counting on you too many some of them you don't even know yet because you haven't met them yet but they're already written in your book because god knows and then there maybe there's that group of us that are here today who have never accepted jesus christ as our personal savior we just haven't never really put our faith in jesus as the messiah we've never like given enough we're good people maybe but we just haven't given enough thought to what it means to be saved see we're being pulled to eternity Paul made the choice that he was going to be pulled heavenward. Right? He says that in that verse. We all get a choice. Not making a choice chooses for us. God made it really simple. The church messes up salvation all the time. They mess up this whole religious mumbo-jumbo. Bottom line, God created us. God loves us we created sin the enemy did the devil we bought into sin God's holy He can't be around sin so He had to make a bridge between humanity and Himself and that bridge is Jesus not that complicated John 3.16 for God so loved the world He gave His only Son and whoever believes in Him should not perish salvation is a belief factor It's taking that part of you in your heart and saying, you know what? I really believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I actually believe this. I I believe with all of my heart. You know, it's no surprise that babies cry right at the altar call. (laughs) See, they know. They're in tune. They got it. They know what's going on. Listen to me. If you're here today and you say, I need some help finishing this race, maybe, here's the deal, If you have not accept Jesus, you're running the race on your own. And you are straining, but you're straining by yourself. And you're straining towards things that you think will fix your condition or your your circumstance. And God's saying, hey, take my yoke. It's easy. It's light. Come here, Jason. Come here. Let's hang out together and let me help you through this. And the first step to hearing God say that to you is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head all over his place? We're about to have communion, and we have an open communion here. We just go by biblical standards, and one of which is, do you know Jesus? So if you're here today, maybe you're just like some of the 18 or so people in the first service that said, I I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe that's you today. I'd love to pray with you. Say, Jason, I'm straining. I've been, I'm tempted to quit right now and I'm now realizing the whole reason I'm tempted to quit is because I don't even know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If that's you and you're here today, every head's bowed, nobody's moving unless you have to. If that's you and you're here today, would you just let me? Would you slip up your hand real quick so I can see it? I see your hand. Anyone else? I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior today. I, I need Jesus to do something new. I see your hand. Thank you. I need Jesus to do something in my life today. I'm ready to put my faith in Him. Anyone else? I want to pray with you. I, I would really, really love to pray with you today. Just right where you're sitting. Anyone else say, I need Jesus in my life today. Those of you who raised your hand, I'm going to pray with you real quick. If you, if you would, go out to the tent afterwards grab a Bible and um, talk with someone the Bibles are free get a devotion you raise your hand right there where you're sitting or even if you didn't and you say you know what I know in my heart I need to talk with God right now and just pray this prayer with me Father thank you for loving me and thank you for chasing me and thank you that I'm in this seat that I'm in right now at this very moment and God right now in my heart I'm confessing that I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ He was born of a virgin He's the true Son of God He's your Son God I believe with all my heart He lived a sinless life. I believe with all my heart He took my death and sin to the cross. I believe with all my heart He was murdered for my sin, placed in a grave. He rose from that grave on the third day, and I believe with all my heart He's coming back for me one day. So right now, God, would You, as I know You're already doing, make me into a new creation. Put people around me that will help me in this walk. And at this very moment, I know spiritually, God, that You have resolved in my heart that I am not going to quit.